Welcome to Ordinary Fellowship, a podcast inspired by the Puritan practice of godly conference, or spiritual conversations among believers. These spiritual conversations offer practical spiritual help for Christian living. Welcome to Ordinary Fellowship. I'm Jeremy Lee. This is the beginning of a new season of Ordinary Fellowship, and apparently, according to Matthew, this is our 100th episode. So, do you have a celebration plan, Matthew? That was your job. Did you forget again? Oh, man. You should have put it in my calendar. So have access to your calendar? <laughs> well, that could be fun. <laughs> Here we go having banter again. Okay, so not only are you my co-host and sidekick, you're my secretary now. Assistant, administrative assistant. Get it right. Oh, sorry. Okay. We have, to, we have correct terms. We had that conversation. Okay, oh, enough of the banter. Okay. We are... Pride ourselves in being a banterless podcast. Anyway, aside from giving Matthew a new title every week, we're happy to have with us a friend. Steve English is with us. Say hello, Steve. Hello, Steve. <laughs> oh, that, that was too obvious. Yeah. Anyways, we're glad Steve is with us. Not only is he an elder at Two Rivers, he is my elder, affectionately known as Bishop Steve. I <laughs> And, and Matthews. I wasn't sure, but I thought so. Yeah, and I truly love that title. Thank yeah. And, <laughs> and and I believe that Steve chose us. He might have been stuck with you. But Possibly. <laughs> I'm revealing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Steve is here with us today. He's experienced time of suffering, still experienced a time of uh, testing in his life, and... Um, we hope and we believe that his story will be of benefit to anyone else who's experiencing these times of testing. But before we begin talking about your testing, Steve, tell us who you are. Certainly. So, like you said, I'm a, I'm a member of this church. I've been going here, I believe, uh, 10 years, roughly, and in the leadership. And so I'm, I've been married for 26 years. I have three grown children. My my youngest is uh, seventeen, close to moving out, and I have a twenty one year old and a twenty three year old that are all home right now for Christmas, wondering when I'm going to come back and open white elephant gifts. <laughs> also, an hopefully you by get trade. to go first. So what was that? Hopefully you get to go first in the white elephant. I will. Okay. I will get to go first. It's my <laughs> privileges. Patriarch of the house. Um, oh. But I'm a mechanical engineer by trade. I've, I've spent uh, the last 25 years designing products for different markets, and that's a lot of fun as well. That's me. All right. So I don't know exactly where you want to begin. Well, you want to tell your, tell your story about... Yeah, what- I, I'm, I'm going to... I'll get to my story. I, I just want to preface it a little bit with kind of uh, an explanation of, of what I'm going to talk about and why sure. why it's important to me. So, yeah, certainly, like you said, I, I went through a pretty um, serious experience in 2019. And when we go through these seasons, I believe sometimes God really reveals to us parts of his purpose, you know, aspects of his character. Right. And through this um, particular season, it's really been on my heart to understand why God tests mm-hmm. And the purpose in God testing and really how that's also different from affliction. So I, I think when, when we think about testing very, very frequently, our minds go straight to affliction. You know, that's, we know that affliction is the tool 
through which we grow, through which we develop. It's scripturally, it's there over and over again that suffering um, refines us, it gives us endurance, it builds faith, and that's all absolutely true and uh, important to understand. Uh, but for me personally, and and I imagine um, frequently when when we learn something, we know there's other people that need to learn that also. You know, God has really put it on my heart to understand testing. And so I think the simple way to outline the difference is that affliction grows and testing reveals. So when we are tested, there is a purpose in gaining knowledge about something. And this is really not knowledge for God, and I want to be very clear about that. God does not test us because he doesn't know what we're going to do, you know, or he doesn't know what's in our heart or how we're going to behave. You know, when, when we are tested, that purpose is for us to gain knowledge, for those around us to gain that knowledge, and ultimately for God to be glorified. There are some great examples of this in scripture, you know, that's when people are, have a good response to testing and when people have a bad response to testing and, and ultimately what what the value of that was for for everybody so and I, I wrote down a few and I, before you get to that one of the things that I've told people before about um, these times of testing when God tests us he wants us to succeed he's not hoping that you get have this test and that you're going to utterly fail <laughs> God God wants your faith to come out as gold and to glorify his name. So it's not his intent in it to ruin you or destroy you. It's it's so that you will pass both for his glory and for your and for your encouragement. Um, sometimes it's hard to see the strength of our faith. We're not good at being objective, but it, it's definitely not for God's information. Like he doesn't know what you're made of already. <laughs> Well, I, I would say a, a simple of example of, of why God tests us for our own learning is just the everyday battle with sin. So when, when your heart has a desire for sin in some way, and then there's the opportunity for it, and you do it, you know, that is a moment where you failed in a moment of testing. And to yourself, your heart is revealed. You right. know, whatever that sin issue is, you know, now I have a greater awareness of my own weakness where I need to focus my study, where I need to get help, you know, from mentors and peers that will build me up in this area because I fail to test. Exactly like when you, when you're in school and you fail a test, it shows you where your knowledge is weak and where you need to get the work at. So you can focus, uh, focus your studies more so that you can hopefully pass the next exam or the next test uh that that's the exactly what you're saying is happening mm-hmm. and I, I would say there's also a lot that we can learn from other people failing tests as well you know through right. through observation and, and that's one of the reasons i think there's so many failures of people testing in scripture you know we we can look and see you know giants of the faith you know failing in, in a moment of severe testing, and we can say, okay, Peter failed, you know, when, big when time. Jesus was taken, big time, but Peter is the cornerstone of the church, you know, so 
he learned from that and then grew and moved on to become, you know, the Peter that we saw later in life. You know, just a few other examples of, of tremendous failures. I mean, you think of David and Bathsheba, you know, where he was ruled by his lust so much so that he brought about murder um, to try to cover it up. I mean, that was a profound failure in a time of testing. And, and with David, his whole story until then is nothing but success. And then after that, there is little success. That test, that failure in that test was huge. Yeah, absolutely. And you think about Abraham, you know, who, you know, we are all, you know, as believers grafted into the vine of the promise to Abraham, but he lied about his wife and told Pharaoh she was his sister, you know, because he was afraid and didn't trust God. Right. So an, another moment of, of failure and testing, you know, and there's, there's a lot, I mean, you could list one after another, after another. I mean, Adam, Obviously, maybe the very first example of failing in a moment of, of testing. Right. But then God also shows us a lot of successes, you know, and even with these same people, you know, Abraham and Isaac, you know, and his right. willingness to sacrifice his son. Why is that there? And one of the reasons is the display for us, you know, today reading about Abraham's mighty faith, you know, what mighty faith looks like. Right. And you can read the story of Isaac. And, and just read that and not read the rest of the story and you don't see his growth because Abraham's story is up and down, up and down. <laughs> Lot success, but then abysmal failures. And then the, the very last, other than his death, really, the very last story is a story where he sacrifices Isaac and you, you see that growth through all the trials that Abraham, uh, the trials and testing that he's been through, you see that growth finally in that last example with Isaac and Isaac taking him up to Mount Moriah. So, so he's a, he's an extraordinary example of faith, not just because of the last story that we all remember that shows this tremendous faith, but we also see his growth in testing. <laughs> it gives us gives us hope that maybe we can have the kind of faith Abraham does. Well, I, and that's exactly right, isn't it? I mean, that's one of the reasons we see, uh, you know, again, while what I'll call spiritual giants, you know, of the Old Testament, why we see them fail, and then we see them succeed, you know, in testing. You know, for, for us, I find great encouragement in that, you know, that's, you know, just little old me, I don't look at myself as a <laughs> spiritual giant, right? But we know that God uses testing to reveal to us our own weakness, our own nature, you know, where we need to improve. And then that improvement is capable of happening. We can grow, we can do better, we can succeed the next time. And ultimately, God is glorified through that when we fail and then we don't fail when we win. I, I want to give one more example. Okay. It's a great Go ahead, one, sir. You know, before, before moving on. And that's just, you think about the whole Jewish nation, the nation of Israel coming to the promised land and they went to inspect it. And you have the nation as a whole failing that test, being terrified to go in because there were giants possessing the land. Right. But then you had two in Joshua and Caleb that said, no, God promised us this and we trust him, you know, let's go take it. You know, so in the, exactly the same test, you have a group that failed the test and a group that passed the test. You see very distinctly where both of their faiths are, 
you know, in, in regards to God and God's promises, you know, and it's, it's a great, great example to laying it out for us. Testing reveals who we are, right? And you, if we fail, it reveals us as sinners in desperate need for God uh, every time. If we succeed, what's the difference? What was the difference between Caleb and Joshua and the 10 others? What was the difference between Abraham when he lied to Pharaoh and when he was willing to give the promised son, sacrifice the promised son to God? What what was the difference then? I believe the difference is trusting God, you know, and, that, and thereby God is glorified. <laughs> you know, when when you succeed... You see the value of God, his promises, and his glory as being greater than the desire of your heart for whatever that thing is that's not godly. So when you have an urge to sin, what you're really saying in your heart is, this is more appealing to me than God is. And when you choose God, that lifts God up, you know, that glorifies him to those around you in particular that are aware of that challenge. Genesis, all I was going to say is... Part of this goes back to an episode we did at the beginning of last year when we talked about understanding faith. And that fundamentally, the, the difference is the object of the faith. So if you take the nation of Israel example, Joshua and Caleb's faith was in God. So they trusted. The nation's faith was in what they saw. So therefore they failed. So I think that's a simplistic answer. But if you want to think about it more, you can go back and listen to our episode on understanding faith to get a broader understanding. But I think that's part of it is us understanding the nature of what faith actually is. And so when we understand that faith is more about duration than amount and what we place it in it matters so much more than that, whether we actually have it or not, because we always have faith. It's just a matter of where the faith is. I think that fundamentally explains how we quote unquote pass the test. But the one other caveat just to throw in here, since I'm, talking now is one of the other things i think steve mentioned before but i think it's important for us to bring it up testing doesn't necessarily only apply to negative circumstances that's what we think and we, what we have to realize is prosperity could be correct. a test you think, like we, we've talked about it you look <laughs> at abraham and you look at david they failed when they were prosperous not when they were down on their luck not when life was hard but when right. life was good and that's so a I, good point i think we have to make sure we frame that because our natural in inclination is to think well life is hard that means god's testing me i think sometimes god tests us even more when life is going really good and one of the reasons i asked this is because the testing is important to our faith because you know you're arguing and i think rightly so that one of the things testing reveals is our sinful heart and if there's repentance there then we're turning to god so if we're we're looking to ourselves, just like Caleb and Joshua and the uh, spies of Israel. If we look to ourselves, we're going to fail. But if we look to God, that's where success is found. That's where we pass tests, is when we're looking to God. But we don't get to that point without a lot of failures that reveals our sinfulness and see that there's no hope in us. The only hope is in God. So I, you see that the testing in that way increases your faith because it turns you away from yourself and turns you to God. Uh, uh, those are both great illustrations and frankly, great segues because, um, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Cause I, I, I wanted to, to shift to my personal experience and why, why this is so important to me personally. So 
expose myself here a little bit in my own weakness. And in my life, you imagine as an engineer and a technical person, um, I generally have approached everything from a very logical, structured way. I mean, that's just the way I think about the world. And sometimes that makes things like faith and emotion difficult. And so I've spent the majority of my adult life struggling with feeling connected to God. Um, really struggling. I mean, wondering if I really was a man of faith because I see people around me who have a heart that just pours out in love for the Lord. And when I don't have that same heart pouring out, you know, I think, well, is, is my faith real? And so I prayed, I'll tell you, for years, years and years, I cannot count how long I prayed for God to give me faith. I didn't pray for God to reveal my faith. I just prayed to God to give me faith. I felt that I was weak um, in that place and just on and on. And what happened for me in 2019 was, and there's no better way and no different way I would ever put this, was God blessing me with an answer to that prayer. So uh, I'm not going to get into a lot of medical details here about what went on, but what I will say is the circumstances had me in the hospital, and on the very first morning I woke up, my wife happened to be out of town, my children my, that could drive happened to be out of town, you know, my parents are hours and hours away, so the very first morning I woke up in the hospital, I was alone. And it was a very unique circumstance, um, you know, that would, frankly, I can't think of any other time, you know, over the last four or five years where I was, if I was in the hospital, I would end up being alone when I woke up. And the first message I received on that first morning I woke up was the doctors thought I had stage four lung cancer and that I had months to live. They said, so by yourself. And when I was by myself, you know, call your loved ones, you, you need them. And then they left me alone. And so in that moment I was tested and I don't even want to put this as, you know, pass or fail, win the test or fail the test. What, what I would say is this is, this was God revealing to me the true nature of my heart because in that moment I turned to him big time. I didn't have any anger or resentment. You know, I just turned to God and, and said, God, my life is yours. You know, I, I want more years, <laughs> you know, please give them to me, but I trust you. And whatever you're doing here is right. By the time people started showing up, like a couple hours later, I can tell you that profoundly I had peace and I was still sitting there with the belief that I had stage four lung cancer. And over the course of the next three months, I had a couple of major surgeries. I had three to four months of very difficult recovery. And during that entire period of time, and I, this is no credit to me, you know, God's hand was on my life, filling my heart with confidence, my mind with confidence that everything was to his plan and that I was to have peace about it and trust him. And I did. Coming out of that, I didn't even really realize. I didn't piece those pieces together this way. I, I knew that I trusted God and I felt good about it. And I was happy with the knowledge that I had gained that I didn't need to constantly be in fear for my soul, you know, like I had been, but it was 
honestly, it was a year and a half later when I was asked to talk to the youth that I really sat back and pondered and started piecing together all the bits and realized, wow, not only did God use this to build my faith, but in miraculous ways, he isolated me so that all I had was him in that moment. And then afterwards, just filled my life with blessing after blessing after blessing that he revealed from the people that loved me, taking care of me, circumstances that brought them just exactly when I needed them, people providing for my wife and children and their needs, you know, and, and ultimately it also served as a test for people I loved, you know, and that's another great blessing and benefit that came out of it. There's one man in particular that I, I feel like grew more than I did watching me go through it. Just the transformation I saw in him understanding how God uses affliction and testing to advance his kingdom. So they like I said, I, I think that's, that's the crux of why I am where I am, but I'm, I'm just so profoundly thankful that God tested me to reveal my own heart to myself so that I would stop living in fear of my own salvation and start living for him, you know, and I'd say one of the biggest changes that's happened to me since then is I'm more free to share the gospel because I don't live in fear anymore. You know, I talk about my faith. I talk about this experience. You know, I look for opportunities to just say, Hey, God saved my life in a miraculous way. Let's, can I, can I talk to you about that? Let's, you know, let's have a meeting of the minds. So I'm anyway, it sounds like you found what Peter says in first Peter to be true. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's that's perfect, Jeremy. <laughs> and I will attest, because you won't brag about yourself, because you're humble, which you should be, but I've never seen you not smiling. Uh, you don't come in here like you're bearing a burden on your shoulders, though you probably are often. I, I know you you have a variety of struggles, but you, you're smiling. I know your faith is strong in God. We can see it in your face, and, uh, and you're an encouragement to others, even if you're not saying anything. Anybody that knows what you're going through would be encouraged by the way You've, by God's grace, you've responded through this time of testing uh, and continue to face. Uh, it's not like it, the major part may be in the past, but you're still being tested, and your your faith is an encouragement to us. Yeah. Thank you. Honestly, that's that's my hope at this point. That you know that's the ultimately the experience can be an an encouragement to others, you know, and ultimately point to God and not to myself. Right. I think that is one thing for us to think through is sometimes as we mature in faith, we question, well, why doesn't the testing stop? The reason the testing doesn't stop is sometimes God chooses to take mature believers through faith for the express purpose of help, helping immature believers. So if you, as an example, this doesn't exactly fit, but it, it kind of comes into my mind. If you go to, in John, we talk, when Jesus heals the blind man, and he tells, the, and the disciples' first reaction is, who oh, sinned? oh dear, who <laughs> sinned? And Jesus' response is, he was this way, he was made this way so that I could receive glory. 
And ultimately, though, it still shows as a test. It was a test for him. He passed. It was a test for his parents, which they failed. It was a test for the Pharisees, which they failed like always. <laughs> but you see all these different ripples. And so and so then you go back and you look at Steve's story. So you have this major test. But inside that major test, there's a thousand minor tests. Because ultimately, God is seeking to do everything. We go back to Romans 8. His, his expressed purpose for every single one of his believers is conformity to the image of the Son. And so when you, we get that in our minds, it helps us go through because now, though we might not understand, understand the express specifics, we always understand the express general purpose. So we never have to go, well, what's going on? We just need to be reminded, God's seeking to conform me. Now, granted, that doesn't necessarily serve as a complete comfort in the middle of the trial, the test. That's just another application we I hopefully we can draw out of this concept of testing and, and the reality is sometimes that isn't comforting to know <laughs> right but that again reveals something about us that you know we would we would prefer everything going well even if that means God doesn't get the glory <laughs> and that that really revealed and I, I've been there before where I've been struggling and I've told God, I don't think this is worth it. Thankfully, by God's grace, I've repented of that and grown through that test. But sometimes sometimes that's part of the test is being able to embrace that God's smarter than you are and he's more loving than you are. He's He knows what he's doing. There's a perfect purpose in it. You know, and something I want to really emphasize here is that very frequently when we're being tested or afflicted, you know, growing or revealing, it's not just about us. You know, you may be having that experience personally, but it's the people that see you. It's the people that love you. It's the members of your church family. It's the member of your work family that witness how you respond in that time of testing and affliction that are also severely impacted. You know, so my wife and children, my parents, you know, they went through testing and affliction, affliction, you know, every bit as strong as I did as I went through this and learned about themselves and they grew more like Christ and they failed sometimes, you know, and did well sometimes. And all of us ultimately finish more like Christ when it's done. But I, I just want Right. I just want people to have in mind that when you're being tested, it's not all about you. <laughs> you know, you know, you you are in a crowd of witnesses, you know, and and your reaction to that testing can build everybody up. Right. And I think that's one one of the reasons it's important to say like you know, Matthew pointed out that you we know the general reason, but most of the time, like 99.9% of the time, we don't know the the details as to why this is happening we probably ought to be careful about definitely need to be careful about being dogmatic but even saying much of anything i mean you you personally may say i feel like this is this is why but you have to be you have to be really careful (laughs) trying to figure out what god in a secret providence is doing in your life because you may even if you understand some of it, it's probably only like point zero 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 one 
of what really God is doing because it's way big. As you just pointed out, it's way bigger than you. It's not, it's a test for you, yes, but it's not just about you. Uh, there's God's plans are far beyond our ability to understand. And part of, part of that is then in submitting, as you said, when you are going through this, submitting your will to his, to his will and knowing that he, he knows what he's doing. And you don't, and that, that's one of the most important things I want. I think you can learn in the time of testing is you want to know, but you're not always going to know, and you have to be able to rest with the one who does know and has it all planned out and worked out. So, so is there anything else that you want to share with us? Lessons learned, other than what we've already discussed. Is there anything we left out? I don't think so. I mean, ultimately, I. I just, I walk away with the peace knowing that if you trust, if you trust, you know, that God has a perfect sovereign plan, then no matter what you're going through, you can find peace. And sometimes that's extraordinarily hard. I mean, there are some very difficult circumstances out there, but you're not alone. You can get support and frequently, frequently our trials and and our afflictions are are there for many, you know, and, and I think that brings comfort to me also, you know, and frankly, it also helps, it helps me to respond better, you know, when I'm aware of that, that crowd of witnesses. So do you always respond right, Steve? Oh no, no. (laughs) but, uh, but I'm, I'm trying to grow. (laughs) There's all, all kinds of minor tests in there. And the only reason I ask that is because, you know, we're being optimistic, and and you the test, by God's grace, uh, your faith is shining like gold, and, and we see it, and we're thankful for God's grace, as you are, but not everybody gets there. And well, sanctification is a lifelong process. Jimmy. Right. Please, I, don't lift me up. I, I don't feel like I'm shining like gold. I'm just thankful at this point that I'm not scared for my soul. You know, and I'm, I bless God and thank God for, for revealing that to me in a, in a very direct and obvious way. Cause that's what I needed. <laughs> you know, I needed to be hit over the head by a hammer, but yeah, it's, it's not about me. It's about, it's about God right. using these things to, to move us all towards being more like Christ ultimately. I knew that you would say that. <laughs> of You're course. You're uncomfortable. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I also want people to understand that. Not everyone's experience is the same as yours, right? I'll give you an example. Go ahead. So the hymn writer who wrote Come Thou Fount, the last verse says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. He was 23 when he wrote it. By the time he was 30, he had abandoned his faith because life got hard. Right. So this is a simple little anecdotal example. In Hebrews chapter 11, the, the hall of faith, almost all of them are people who were tested and by faith overcome and succeeded in the test. But at the very end, there's a list of people who were tested, yet they still died. So doesn't always work out that everybody's story has a happy This side of heaven, everybody's story doesn't have a happy ending. And we don't want to be like the prosperity gospel preachers and say, if you just have faith, everything's going to work out. Now, in a sense, that's true. <laughs> if you mean in heaven, it's all going to work out. Uh, but here on earth, these trials, can, these testings can be dark and deep. We want to acknowledge that 
and encourage anyone who's facing those kind of trials to contact us if if you need help and encouragement along the way. We and others at our church would be happy to help in those times of trials in any way or testing in any way we can so that your faith will shine as gold and you'll bring glory to Christ even through the time of testing. So any final words before Matthew sums us up and signs us off? Just uh, thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming. I'm sure your story and your uh, words of encouragement will be a blessing. So as we summarize, accept the testing that God brings for the purpose of refining your faith to draw you closer to Jesus and make you look more like him. So rest in him each and every day. We thank you for listening to this episode of Ordinary Fellowship, a podcast ministry of Two Rivers Community Church. For more information about Two Rivers, you can find it on our website at www.tworiverscc.org. We look forward to your questions, your comments, and even that dreaded hate mail at ordinaryfellowship at gmail.com. Please follow us on Facebook at Ordinary Fellowship and like, subscribe, and rate this podcast on whatever service you listen to us on. But for now, we want to thank you once again for listening to this episode of Ordinary Fellowship, where we are striving to have spiritual conversations for practical Christian living. Mm-hmm.